to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode number 259 of the Chris and Sam podcast. My name's Sam. I'm Chris. Hello and welcome along. Welcome to our uh, weekly episodes, and just so you remember, uh, we do put something on the website every week with the uh, photos that we talk about, links to the stories we've talked about, videos from last week. Show there, notes. All that sort of thing. So make sure you go to the com, check out the latest episode, have a look at the photos, have a look at the videos we're talking about. and Dive uh, into those archives and uh, just press play on anything that looks interesting. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, the Beast story is one of the favourites. Um, and the other thing uh, is to, to communicate with us on social media. We're in, on Twitter, well... Sometimes. And <laughs> we're on Facebook. And Instagram. Come uh, hit us up. Yeah. I I wanted to do something on Instagram the other day. I'm almost embarrassed to say this. And I went, oh, I've got this video to share on Instagram. I couldn't figure out how to do it. In general or? I know, on, on, the, on the computer. I had to do it on my phone because there's no way to. No, you can't do it on, you can't do it on Instagram. Uh, you can't do it on a PC. You're doing the phone. So I wasn't a total idiot. No, 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 no. You You have to. You just can't do it. No, no. uh, I sometimes edit um, videos and then I have to transfer it to the phone and then you upload it. Good, because that's what I did. And I thought, this is the dumbest thing ever. This cannot be the way things work. It is the way things work. Holy crap. Pretty much is. Here we go. Very busy week. We've been all over the place. Chris, uh, tell us about your amazing trip to Wellington where your car did not get broken into and stolen this time. (laughs) I did get my car stolen. My uh, nephew is living... Hey, Liam. Uh, and Liam should definitely have a backup business as maybe a B&B owner because vegetarian dinner when I got down there, cooked me breakfast the next what? morning. Amazing. What is this craziness? Awesome. So he was really good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I didn't get broken into because we're living in a different uh, suburb by now. Very good. Um, but, yeah, my uh, – <laughs> my – Conferencing went okay. It was uh, some tribulations, let's say. So I got there. Um, I was only doing the last day of the conference because they didn't want now, me to do Now, what was the, the conference? It was a women's empowerment conference. Of course it was. When you think woman empowering, you think <laughs> of Chris. Actually, funny enough, I've done so much women's self-defense and all that sort of thing in the past that it actually does work. But anyway... Um, I got my my talk got sort of bumped, and I was the second to last speaker on the last day, and so half the people left did you get flights and all the rest of it, which wasn't amazing. But um, no, it was good. It was uh, it was a great day. Met some cool people. Yeah, and kicked off some coaching uh, as a as a result of that as well, which has been really good. Sounds good. My voice is a bit croaky. That's because Spookers was last night, and I was yelling a bit. So. Just so you know. If you're just wondering, he's or, not or getting. Or it could have been the red wine this afternoon. It could, it could <laughs> combo. <laughs> hey, the uh, last week I ended up checking out that new giant shopping mall at Newmarket in Auckland. Oh, okay. And oh, the... oh, okay. It's yep. like yeah, it's like two city blocks. It's massive. Anyway, um, they had they've got the only official Lego store there. Went oh, and right. checked that out, and then walking past, they had this like sign, and it had coin booth. Coin booth? Yeah. And of course, I had to go see what the hell that was about. And you, yeah, walk, yeah, true. you walk into this little narrow room, basically, and there's a counter and there's 14 little sound booths around and it's basically karaoke. 
and it's uh, two dollars. Oh, so this isn't in the Lego shop? No, no, sorry. No, <laughs> you're totally. Lo- I'm losing me there. All right, so it's in the the wider market mall. Yep, just, okay, yeah, on. just on the other side. And uh, so you go in, and there's 14 boots. It's two dollars for one song, th- three songs for five dollars, and I can't remember. Twenty bucks gets you ten songs, twenty five songs. I oh, know. Anyway, what do you, you get for that? Just the music and the mic. Yeah, yeah. So they don't record it or something. You don't no, get no. It? So you go in the booth, and I didn't realize the little the little Chinese dude or Japanese guy, whatever he was, had to come in the booth with us. They're like I'd already shut the door, <laughs> and he come in, and then he and it's all lights up. I got some photos to show you later, but it's all lit up and um, big karaoke screen and stuff. And then he says, "Oh, what song do you want?" I was like, oh, "Okay," and then he pulls out this giant remote control thing. It's sort of like a cross between a remote control and a keyboard and it's the size of a keyboard but it's got right. weird buttons all over it and he starts plugging in because it's all in japanese and then he goes okay sweet so it's japanese keyboard is what he's saying <laughs> no it, it, it's like a giant tv remote the size of a keyboard oh okay but the buttons are like a it's yeah it's real weird looking and he's plugging away and Did he brings a photo of that no. I wish you had got I know. I really I, next time I will, Chris, next time. But anyway, so that was all good. He goes, there's the microphones, and I'm singing along, that's all good. So you and... No, me and Sarah. Oh, right, sorry. Yep, yeah, yep. Cool. And we're singing along, but I didn't... This guy is useless at his job. He didn't say that you had to turn the mics on. You know how bad I am at turning mics on. <laughs> because as soon as you turn it on, it starts auto-leveling your voice, and you sound a thousand times better. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're just belting it out in this little box. Oh, is that what that mic is that I've got? It's got yeah, all these maybe. knobs on it. And you're supposed to be able to... Oh, okay. And then while we were there, there was a giant room... Uh, sorry, giant line of people waiting up to go into something called the light box. And okay. I was, And I was like, I've got to go see what this thing is. Cause was, <laughs> I can just imagine Sarah going, oh, here we go. No, she normally yeah. goes along with whatever I'm doing, which is great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you need to if you're hanging around with me. Yes. But, um, <laughs> yes, a, I can agree with that. Although we both have that thing. Tendency. That ADD thing. Yeah, but, yeah. But there was a guy at this front of the line letting people in, and you could only go in for three minutes, and then you had to get out, and then he'd let someone else in. And I was like, what was it called again? The light box. The light box. Anyway, it's an art installation, um, and it's a tiny, it's a little square room with mirrors and then hanging um, lights, and they look like they go on forever. And yep. that was it. Right. So, I mean, I'm glad I found out what it was. Anyway. <laughs> you, did you have to pay to go in there? No, no, it was free. Oh, oh that's right then. Oh, yeah, no, I would have been pretty upset, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got to talk about this. So um, most of the listeners won't know that every Tuesday night I have a Dungeons & Dragons uh, booking appointment. And so on Zoom, a bunch of people from around New Zealand, we uh, catch up for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and uh, I really love it. It's great. But yeah. anyway, I um, in stuff the other week they had all about these professional D and D DMs, Dungeon Masters, yeah. people that run the games. So um, there's a couple of um, professional game master hiring services. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I mean, if there's but, yeah. a market for it yeah. and it works. And it is such a skill to keep people in the moment, to get the game moving along, to keep it fair, like, so you're rolling dice, but not overly, oh, you need to 
roll that to see if you can think of that. Okay, now you've thought of it. Now you can roll it to see if you can pe- pinch, pull that out of your pocket. Okay, now you need to roll it to see if, you know, like yeah. it just ruins the game. So a really good DM is huge. But it, that's huge. It, it's just... What type of... Because um... they tried to kill Dungeons & Dragons in the 80s as um, a demonic worship that um, was, you know, threatening fundamental oh, Christian- Christianity in the US. <laughs> Why not? Um, is there a certain type of personality or, a, say, a job type that would work for a dungeon master? Like, do you have to be really good at I would say broadcasters would help because you've got to be able to put concise information across. Oh, right. I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you definitely it definitely helps if you have that imagination. And you, you want to prep. People that prep, you know, it's huge. Um, so you know what potential situations they're going to go into and you know what the adversaries are going to act on and maybe you have a, a rule in your head, this guy will always like attack the first person that attacks him or always attacks the ugliest guy in the group yeah. or whatever it is. So um, you know that. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Very good. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, if you've got a talent and you're doing well I'm, at I'm it. I'm just it's- tempted to see whether we should hire a, a pro DM <clears throat> for a couple of games. On the, on our um, it'd be interesting to see, eh? just to see what it's like, and yeah. So I'll talk to the boys and see if they're interested. But anyway, that's cool. yeah, very good. Uh, on Instagram, I've been getting some adverts lately from Vegemite of all people. <laughs> um, Are you a Vegemite fan? Or? I can actually eat both. Yeah, but oh, okay. So, but you like the yeast based? Oh spreads. yeah, no, I I yeah, I've got Vegemite at the moment, but I can switch to Marmite if I had to. Uh, that doesn't bother me, but uh, and they're okay. But uh, I found it really interesting because it's uh, the Vegemite Australia website that's marketing to me, and they actually have a whole bunch of Vegemite merchandise. Like they've just gone full retard on it because it's such a. Is it thing. an Aussie thing? Because it, like, it must be. You know how they're so like the Bathurst stuff. So um, one of our listeners whose names just dropped in my head because that always happens at the wrong moment. Jamie Oxley. Uh, I wasn't going to correct you. I was yeah, just going to see if you get there. Yeah, I know. It took me a second. Um, with the Bottolo um, shirt. Yes, I see all your mullet-filled uh, photos there, Jamie. I watch all of them. Well, the the Veggie Night, Veggie Night, Veggie Might, you can get, like, customised um, jars. So for yeah. 10 bucks, they'll put your name on it. And it's the proper label and everything. And there's scarves and badges and hats and every the single thing you can imagine. But- I'm just like, well, if you've got a market, go for it. And it yeah, looks yeah. like they're doing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know who didn't probably do as good marketing as they could have? I don't know who. Lime Scooters. What actually happened there? Um, I, it's interesting because <coughs> from what I heard, that um, it's a safety thing. So the, the newer guys that they've let and they've given a new license to yes. have scooters. This is happening in Auckland, by the have way. The, yeah, sorry. So in Auckland, they've kicked out Lime and Wave, which were the incumbents. And they, and they brought in Flamingo and... Bird? Oh, I can't remember what the other Whatever. one was. Might be, yeah. So one of the things was the newer scooters have auto braking if they're going downhill. Oh, So you don't cool. have to brake yourself. Yeah. Um, and they have a couple of other things. I, forgot, I it was listed. I'm Wasn't look one it up. of the things they actually had a health and safety plan or policy, or they had yeah, something yeah, in place? Yeah. So um, Lime's obviously disappointed, but they, they you know, they, they've done two and a half million rides in the 
was it 18 months they've been there? Something silly. Something like that. In Hamilton, the amount of Lime rides has been around the world four times. Wow. And we've got two or 300, and they're thinking of bringing another 400 in if they're allowed to. Well, they're going to bring them down for all because they're all sitting in a warehouse <laughs> at the moment. That's um, right. But, yeah, but the Wave guy was pretty um, – I saw an interview with him on TV, and so he, he's a New Zealand guy. Oh, he right. Goes, oh, so, you know – They've taken Flamingo and this other thing from the States. Yeah. We've never operated in Auckland. No. We've been operating in Auckland. We failed on two safety things, but they could have come to us and said, these are the yeah, things we yeah. want you to do. Yeah. And we would have implemented them. But no, they just went, you're out. We've got mm. these new guys in that don't know anything about Auckland. Although those other guys are in Christchurch and I think Wellington. Yeah, I think Flamingo's in Wellington because I've yeah. seen them somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. Oh, be interesting. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. People still hurt themselves because Lyme basically said it's like one less than one percent of the one percent of total rides or something have resulted in an injury, something like that for here in Hamilton. So it depends how you think about it. Like, is one injury too much? Like, if you fall off and break something, that's a risk. But if you fall off and die, is that too much? Or yeah. out of the millions of hours or millions of kilometers, are you happy to take that little amount of risk? Because at the end of the day, probably most of the scooter accidents are going to be down to the terrible drivers. Well, actually, um, who was it? Um, oh, it's, I think it was Rachel. Liam's, um, Liam's partner, when I was staying down in Wellington, she went in, a friend hurt herself, I forget how, um, and they went into A&E, and apparently everybody else was in there because of Lime scooters. Oh, wow. Like everybody That's on Friday crazy. night. But most of them were drunk in Lime scooters. Oh, yeah. I'm too drunk to drive. I'll get a Lime scooter home. Yeah, already a bad idea. <laughs> also, I'm just, I'm reading your show note here. Shout out to Joseph, whoever you are. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. It <laughs> says Liam and Rachel dot, 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 and Joseph. Yeah, okay, so I've already shouted out to him and Rachel. Joseph is my other nephew, and the reason I'm shouting out to him is he's he's moved out of his mum's house, and he's <laughs> he's not blushing anymore, <laughs> and he's got a job in Aussie, and he's gone off it. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, is he a listener? Good one, Joseph. No, he, he should be not listening. He, he should be. I don't know. He should be. <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. I like this thing. Uh, there was uh, a new story I listened to. Uh, it's the sirens. I've called it "Siren Song of a Dead Coral Reef" because I think that's poetic. Uh, that was nothing like what it said, but okay. apparently, live coral makes a sound. I bet. And okay. so they've been studying this coral in, um, I want to say, Great Barrier Reef, north of uh, Australia. Yeah. Um, and so they've been studying it for a couple of years. And then this big heat wave came through and the coral bleached and died within a week. Okay. Yeah. And like it was just a random event thing. And so the coral all died and all the fish left. Okay. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out what they could do. And so they had these recordings of the live coral reefs. So they dropped those recordings in there and all the fish came back. Oh. Because they could hear the live coral reef. And it didn't really matter for the fish because. They really used the crevices and nooks to hide in and stuff. So the fact that it wasn't live didn't matter. But but it, having the fish back brought everything else back, and they are starting to regrow. Man, it's random so they ass. can regrow coral reefs, apparently, by replaying the sound of a living coral reef when it's dying. Okay, my mind's a little bit blown there, actually. <laughs> I know, right? That's why I put it in there, but yeah. That's pretty good. That's cool. Hey, Countdown's building their first dark store. Uh, in New Zealand. Do you Is know what? 
for blind people? No, 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 no. I no? I found myself on I think it's supermarketnews.co.nz. <laughs> if you as you do, as you do, it's a great it's a it's a great website for all the uh, news things out there. Uh, real briefly, also I learned on there that um, they've given resource consent to build a countdown on Pocono. Oh wow! On the main okay. street next to the dairy. It's, it's a growing. It's a growing anyway. Township. What do you a call? dark store is one. That looks like a normal countdown. It has all the normal stuff in there. It's not open to any member of the public. It's what they use as a distribution center to pick orders from. It's going to have 165 staff in there, and it's going to have some sort of special automization and some robots and stuff to bring things to these pickers. And they're trialing it in Auckland, and it's going to be, instead of picking from a normal countdown, and they've got people in the aisles wandering around, the special store, which is all set up, Probably be a different layout to a normal store. Um, so, because that's a bit foods, but for less co- commercial. So, Gilmore's, for those of you listening and keeping along with the game, uh, I used to work for, and, well, still do. Really. You still do occasionally. When Chris decides... <laughs> I did my wants- last couple of days emptying a container and loading shelves and stuff and feeling old because my muscles are creaking at the end of the day after lifting huge, heavy boxes. But anyway, um, so Gilmore's sells... Um, to the public, yes, but delivers to restaurants and stuff like that, yes. right? Bid foods, you can't walk into a bid food, no, you even can't. if you are a restaurant or whatever. Yeah. It's all delivery, and so the way they set up their store is totally different from the way we do. Yes. We set up our store because people walk through yeah. it. They set up their store. What do we sell the most of? That's nearest the trucks, yeah. and it's all that. It's all algorithmic. Yeah, yeah. So. This countdown will be like that. It'll be algorithmic. Yeah, totally. It won't be logical in no. terms of um, human logic. Um, it'll be ro- robot friendly from the sounds of it. It'd be int- yeah, that's interesting. It'd be interesting, interesting to interesting. see what they have in there to help bring th- – because it said um, the automation and stuff will bring big items. So I, I'm wondering if it's like Amazon where the shelves move, like the robot will pick the shelf up and bring the whole thing to you. So it's yeah, closer. possibly. Don't know, but uh, they're doing that, so it's interesting. Hmm. Okay, all right. I'm not sure about that. So the the bad thing about that, folks, countdown is Australian owned. I think it's Australian owned. Bed yeah, food is, is South African owned. Oh, is it? I didn't yep. know that. Um, Foodstuffs, which does New World, Pack, Pack and, and Save, and Four Gilmore's. Square and Gilmore's. Foursquare, yeah. Is all New Zealand owned. Own an op- owner operator model. If you want to keep your money in the country, do that. Do that. Hey, I, I still shop hey. at Countdown because it's around the corner. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I'm just saying. Also, uh, just recently, we didn't have it down here. Apparently, you're an expert at throwing knives. <laughs> Is that a thing? Well, actually, I've, you see here it says, New Zealand's second most popular magazine after Women's Weekly is... Da-da-da-da. I was going to ask you, but obviously I put the answer there, so there's no point I know. in well, asking you. Amateur hour. Well, because I was like, I'd never remember this because I was drinking at the time. <laughs> so you're listening to us now on your podcast. We appreciate it very much. So New Zealand's second most popular magazine after Women's Weekly. What do you think it is? If you're listening to this right now and you've got someone near you, or if you're out in public, just scream out that question, like right that, now. Or the, the answer to that question. Yep. And um, three, two, one, the answer is... Well, you want to say the question to the other people that aren't listening oh, to the okay. podcast, because if you just scream out the answer, which is property I've... press, people are going, what's wrong with that guy? He's in the supermarket. <laughs> property <laughs> press! All right, no. You okay. see what I mean? 
Yeah, we were on different wavelengths on that one. Okay, so yeah, so property it is the press. Property Re- press is the second now, most read magazine out after Women's Weekly. Is that the one that comes out in the Herald or something? Or so is I that asked actual- the bar girl straight away when I heard that. I went to the bar to get another drink because I was because when you hear that straight away, you need to go to the bar and I, say to the I bar girl, a, "I was getting a couple of drinks for me and Tanya." And I was like. Um, so just a question for you. Do you listen, read the Romans Weekly? And she goes, yeah, um, yeah, quite frequently. Yeah. Have you ever read Property Press? No, but I've never looked at buying a house because she was quite young. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I'm writing this into my talk of export in my mobile phone. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, it's just research for a podcast because this is how deep we go. <laughs> and the, did you get did you get asked to leave at this point? <laughs> no. So what I was doing there, I was with my uh, friend uh, Tanya, my lady friend Tanya, and uh, it was her. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Christmas do. So we went up to Smunovich uh, Olive Oil Orchard. Yeah, olive olive orchard, I should say, and they have a a, a few different things. There. They have a function area, and they have all, a shop and function area, and they also have this little um, activities, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, area, yeah. Uh, run by a, a company called Beretta. So we go up there, and I got to shoot shotguns. Now, is this Beretta that make the shotguns? No, nah, it's just the name. Okay, just and I don't I, think I don't think it, I think it's spelled, spelled differently? differently. I think yeah. it's got. One T instead of two, I think. The oh, gun yeah, has okay. two T's. Yeah, Sounds something about like right. that. Okay. Yeah, it just looked a little different in, in my head. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so that was cool. So we got to shoot, shoot shotguns. Um, he goes, oh, who wants to come up first? And and looks around, and we're all standing there, and he points at me and goes, you, sir. And I'm like, okay. Oh, because I in, in my head, I just thought you'd be like, me. No, I was like, because a bunch of people I don't know, right? Obviously, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know anybody there. Yeah, okay, and um, some of these guys are pr- rural property, so it's a real estate um, yeah. uh, thing. So a bunch of them are rural property oh, guys. Right, yeah. They all they've got guns, right? Yeah, yeah. So he goes, "Have you ever shot a gun?" I'm like, "No." Well, yeah, I think I shot a shotgun when I was 11 or 12. I can't remember it properly. Um, that's goes, a no. That's a no. <laughs> so anyway, so they he, he gets you to. Um, you know, he gets you to hold the gun and, and shows you how to hold it properly and it's yeah. unloaded. And then they shoot a clay bird up and you you sort of track it and they tell you what to watch for and then it's cool. And he goes, right, we're going to put one one round in there, boom, one shell in, crack, bang, and it fired it off and I got it on the first shot. Amazing. I was, I was pretty stoked with that. Uh, and then um, different people, everybody had a, a go with this, you know, dry run and then one shell and hit it. And then we all got five more shells that we got to go get out there. But that was a bit disoriented because they had, I want to say, five shooting things, yeah. positions, five shotguns. So five people up. And then they just they have this remote control. It's a big board with all these buttons. Yeah. And they have the simple one that goes straight for you, which is what you shot the first time, right? But then they have them coming from all different directions. Like, I think there was seven. So he presses one button, all seven fire. And you've got five of you, and you've got two shells in there. So you go, boom, boom. And it's like, pick a target. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at that one. I press the trigger. I'm not aiming for it. I'm just looking at it. I don't know where that freaking shell went. Oh, yeah, next time I'll aim for uh, I got a couple more in my uh, last few shots, but yeah, it was um, it was fun. It was great fun. But yeah, so there was that. Um, we had um, 
air pellet rifle. Oh, right. um, Tanya totally beat me out on that. Like, yeah. Totally. That's uh, embarrassing. Archery, we weren't supposed to have archery, but um, Tanya actually talked them into bringing bows and arrows out, and we had a crack at that because the targets were already set up. Oh, right. Um, oh, that's awesome. But it was, yeah, it was cool, but they never really gave me much uh, instruction. So I was going all over the place, and then he goes, oh, that's not where you put the arrow. <laughs> you don't put it on that thing. You put it on this thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. obviously, I wasn't aiming. But I think I only hit the target once out of, I don't know, 20 times. Yeah. Like, because um, I didn't know how high or low to go. And I no, so- never gave us any instruction. But what I was good at was the knife throwing. So Excellent. Have you done that before? No. Oh, okay. 12 to 15 feet, throwing knives and um, into a, a wall with lo- half-round logs on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I was doing okay. The, the key is to have a consistent throw, and then you just step your distance till oh, your throw okay. hits. In, oh, right. And that's your distance, and you just do it like that. Oh. And so the guy that was showing us says, I have two, two distances here and here. Um, from here, I do it. I hold the point and throw it. But if I move to that point, I hold the handle and throw it. Oh, and right. It goes in. So, yeah, so it was pretty good. So I, I, it's, it's very addictive. Actually, just this whole so that the the knives are actually like plate steel, I guess that yeah, they yeah. cut out, yeah, and then they've sharpened the point, and so they're all like they look like blanks out of a you know. Anyway, so they're cool, and you've just got yeah ten in your hand. It's, it's great fun. So I really really enjoyed that. So anyway, um, uh, I think I may have told you this before. I don't know if I've done it on the podcast, but at my last job. A couple of the big bosses were right into the clay bird shooting, mm-hmm. and they were doing it at national level. Oh, wow. And one oh. of the guys was ex-Australian. He'd done it over there, and his house was set up for one of the New Zealand clay bird target shooting things or whatever, I think. And how they used to have- Like it, the regular, regulation level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But how, and he had all these hills and valleys and stuff, and they'd go move from point to point, and they move around, and like you said, they fire them from all over the place. But the old way of doing it at the time was to actually run cables everywhere to connect up all the traps yeah. to fire. And anyway, one of my uh, temporary other bosses, he was all this electronics were turning up. And I said, what are you building? And he says, oh, I've um, made it all remote control. And he said, this is the controller. And you just press the button and it fires him. And he says, it's got logic in it. So we can just say fire this one or this one, or we can say fire randomly at different levels and it adjusted them and did all this stuff. And he said they like it so much, I'm building one for Australia for their national competition. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It it is really cool, and it's not what I expected too. They sort of hover, so they must look like frisbees. I always thought they were, I thought they were like, have you ever done discus? Yeah. That's what I always thought it was. No. But it, it must have a hollowed bottom like a oh, frisbee. Yeah, you know, it is. It is like a frisbee. They're about that big. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was good. So, yeah, the, that was a lot of fun. Um, I always like it when you get to do this stuff with groups or a work thing as oh, yeah. opposed to paying for it yourself. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean. We had our six shots and he goes, so if you want to come in, uh, do some more, it's a dollar a shot. Uh, or um, or you can get a whole box for thirty bucks and one goes. Yep, I'm in. <laughs> well, that's that's the whole paintball model, eh? You turn yeah. up and they give you fifty shots and you go through them in about three minutes and then they're like, <laughs> you can buy another hundred and fifty for twenty bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Um, so that was that was um, 
pretty much me, I think. Oh, what have I got? You've here? got all sorts here, Chris. You've skipped I, a bunch, I, I, but I don't know which one you want to. Oh, I've got one. I'm going to end the podcast on this, Chris. The bunny burglar in Auckland has been caught. What? You can sleep easy at night, Chris, knowing that a former, former finance executive is was responsible for a spate of Auckland rabbit thefts. So this dude, and it's not a nice story, um, oh. he, he was trawling around suburban backyards late at night and he was stealing all these um, rabbits. And they're going to monitor him and keep him in a nightly curfew, keep him inside what and all this stuff. What was he doing with the rabbits? Well, he says that he was running around... Um, he got caught with CCTV. He said that he was running around um, and he was releasing him back into the wild because, um, you know, that's what they need to be, do- you know, These are domestic him. rabbits. There's a difference between domestic rabbits and... Yeah. yeah. But um, when he was in Australia, he got acquitted on some of the worst animal cruelty they've ever come across. Uh, in the mid-2000s, he was arrested after they found a whole bunch of dead or dying animals, some of which had been skinned, were in and around his downtown Sydney office. Um, and he changed his name when he came back to New Zealand. Um, they said that he allegedly tortured and mutilated 17 rabbits and one guinea pig. Um, and they removed the case of bestiality against them as well. So that was all good. Um, yeah, well, none but, of that's good. Well, it's not anyway, good, yeah. but that's what happened, I mean. And then he come back and he was working at a property finance partners um, and then he relapsed and started using drugs again. And then he started um, thinking about the rabbits some more and um, he'd start contacting people who were breeding rabbits online and just say, oh, can I come around? And then he'd never turn up and then he'd go around and sneak around at night. He did it over 18 months and snuck into about eight people's houses. you got to worry about people like that, like, you know, it starts what's, with rabbits. Where does it go? Yeah, what's the next step to uh, becoming a crazy serial killer? Absolutely. Um, so he just said, uh, yeah, that he it was a drug addiction thing and he just wanted to let them out, apparently, he reckons. Anyway, we'll end the podcast on that not-so-positive that's, note. That's not a great one. Maybe we should end it on a, on, a, on a nicer one. No, no, that's good, good. We've run out of time, Chris. Okay, well, no, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll end on a positive one. Okay, go. So drinking uh, beer at your barbecue could be a good thing going forward because they've now created a process to get the um, what was the waste product from brewing, which is the... Um, Yeasty stuff? Yeasty stuff, yes, something yeah, like technical that. technical I've got it here. Um, turn this waste into activated carbon, meaning beer-related products could be used to filter dirty water, so you can do that. Oh, right. You can cook your food with it like, and heat your home with it because it's flammable. So it's actually... Oh. Can, it becomes carbon, yeah. so you can turn the waste from beer making into charcoal to fuel the barbie. Don't you wish or, they would have worked this out... A long time ago? A hundred years ago, whatever. But then we would have, you know, what would the uh, climate change have been now? So, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Okay, until next week, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.